Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Today we are reading Hebrews chapter number 3 from verse 7 to 19. Hebrews 3, 7 to 19. If you are there, say amen. If you are there, say amen. We shall read together. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me. Though for 40 years they saw what I did, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful and believing heart that turns away from the living, from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly. For to the very end, as has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who are they who had and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not those who disobeyed? So, we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Thank you so much for that verse. So, allow me to welcome Reverend Irene. Welcome Reverend Irene, who will come to share the word of God from that scripture this morning. And let's pray for her as she shares. So, Lord Jesus, once again, this is a time to listen and hear from you. Thank you for your servant, Lord. You've anointed her to share your word with us. We are grateful. We pray that, Lord, as, he shares, as she shares your word, we will hear, take in, and, Lord, do what it says. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I hope you are doing well back at home. It's good to be here again. And it is good to see you. Uh, you can see me, but uh, I'm seeing you in the spirit. And we want to thank God for this morning and this wonderful day that he has given us. Uh, kindly, if you are two in a room or more, pass uh, my regards to the, your neighbor. Uh, and if you are alone, you can take your right hand and greet yourself. Uh, greet your left hand and say, Pastor Irene is saying hi. Amen. Now, I want us to get into the sermon of the day. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Emmanuel, for that time, uh, taking us through the Word of God. Uh, for those who have been with us, you are very aware that we've been doing the book of Hebrews. And if you are joining us for the first time, uh, kindly take note 
that we are doing the book of Hebrews. Uh, and if you missed any of our sermons, uh, uh, our services, you can find our sermons on our social media platforms. Uh, we have a Facebook page. I am sure that is where you are right now. But you can also check our YouTube, and we also have podcasts. And so kindly find time in the course of your day uh, to just go and be nourished by the word of God as you listen to the different sermons that we have. As I said earlier, we've been doing the book of Hebrews. Uh, great lessons from this scripture. Uh, we have been reminded of the word of God, but more so on the supremacy of Christ and who Jesus is. And to know that Jesus is supreme over Moses because this scripture was written to a people. And as we were told earlier, as we began, uh, the, the Jewish Christian community that were at a time when they were facing persecution and they wanted to give up on Christianity, they wanted to give up on uh, their faith and hope on Jesus Christ and go back uh, to, 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 to follow the Mosaic law uh, or the laws of Moses. And today, as we read the scripture, uh, the verses that have been read to us today, the author or the writer of this Bible attributes this to the words of the Holy Spirit. And he, uh, he or she quotes... Um, uh, Psalms uh, 95, Psalms 95, uh, uh, this bit of, of scripture is from Psalms 95, uh, from verse 7 uh, to 8. And looking at the description that is right in there. And I want us to look at the topic of the day, which is approaching Christ. Uh, last week, we looked at considering Christ. And today, we are looking at approaching Christ. But I want us to go back a little bit. Uh, chapter 3, as it begins, uh, you see that the writer or the author of this scripture is uh, addressing brothers. In fact, he says, holy brothers, uh, and I want to say sisters. And he says, whom are uh, in the heavenly calling. And so he is speaking to fellow Christians. He is speaking to the people who have already accepted Jesus, who are already on the path of salvation. And he speaks to them. And on this first verse, he continues to address them uh, of, on these words that are from the Holy Spirit. And so this book is very relevant, as I said earlier, not only to the Jewish community because they were facing persecution from the Rome Empire. They had been rejected. They didn't have social lives because they were Christians. And so they were being persecuted. And so you can imagine how they were, their environment were like. And so it is relevant not only for, it was relevant not only for them, but it is so relevant for us today for you and me for each and every one of us today because life as we live it as a way of pressing uh, presenting difficult situations to uh, on us or presenting situations that completely push us uh, on the wall uh, presenting situations that test our faith in Christ Jesus. And sometimes we are pushed to the edge and they were at the edge of giving up, at the edge of throwing in the towel. But they allowed uh, uh, the word of God to minister to them. And I, as we go through the scripture today, I want you to personally re reflect on the situation that you are in as a person. 
I want you to imagine a situation where you are going through the most difficult time of your life that you almost feel like you want to give up. That you almost feel like, I don't know if Jesus is there. I don't know if, if God is there. Because today, as we look at approaching Christ, you could be there looking at yourself and thinking, yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I am born again. But the situation that I am in right now, I am in a place where I'm questioning my faith. Your family, us as a nation, you could have lost a job. You're going through marital issues, uh, leadership issues of this nation, sicknesses, lack of finances, name it, I could name, the list is endless. But I don't know what are your personal struggles and the things that you are going through. And today I want to be at a point of surrender that we, we are able to remind ourselves of these words as we call on Jesus. Let us, as Hebrews 4, 16 tells us, let us then approach God's throne, throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at our time of need. And as we look at approaching Christ, the Bible is very clear on speaking to us pertaining several things. And one of the things that I want us to look at uh, as the scriptures tells us today is that avoid hardened hearts or avoid hardening your heart. We are not new to the word rebels because in different parts of the world today, we are aware of groups that have rebelled against their government and they have argued out their rebellion and tried to justify it, blaming poor leadership, uh, poor leadership and various issues and they Pursuit to overturn the government. We all know that. But the other thing that we know that, uh, that we know is that in those areas that uh, they have active rebels who are fighting, uh, actively fighting the government, there is unrest, there is conflict, there are deaths, and the list is endless on the things that are caused by rebellion. As much as they feel justified, as much as they continue to follow their quest, we realize that there is a group that continues to get hurt. And the same situation and scenario applies when a child rebels in a home. The same situation applies when a child or, or, or an employee rebels against an institution, against leadership, against parenting, against an authority uh, in their lives. And every person who rebels in that moment of rebellion, they have their own reasons to justify why they are rebelling. And how do we expect that this, this will be different for us who are, in, who are believers, my dear brothers and dear sisters? And these two cannot go uh, together that at one point, you are rebelling Christ, and on the other side, you are expecting rest. You are expecting to en enter um, into a perfect relationship with God. And on the other hand, you do not want to do what God is telling you, or we are rebelling against the authority uh, of God. And as we approach Christ, today we are requested 
that we should not let our hearts be hardened. Verse 7. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Hebrews reminds us that there is a time our, our ancestors rebelled against Christ in the wilderness. That even after they had tested God's goodness and seen him fighting for them, delivering them from slavery and setting them free, they still rebelled against him in the wilderness. And they tested him, not once or twice. But they rebelled and their rebellion increased their longevity in the wilderness. That is verse 9. We are told for 40 years they were in the wilderness because they rebelled against the Lord. What does rebellion do? Rebellion arose, arose God's anger. Verse 10. During the time of our ancestors. It has not changed for you and me. When we rebel without repentance and constantly disobeying God, we arose God's, we arose God's anger against us. They were blinded and they could not see God's ways. And that is verse, um, we are seeing that in verse 10, that, that, that that is why I was angry with that generation. I say their hearts are always going astray. And they have not known my ways. Because this is what rebellion does. When you rebel against an authority, when we rebel against Jesus, we do not have time to sit at his feet and allow him to rebuke us and allow him to correct us and allow him to train us in righteousness. But when we rebel against him, we have no time to learn his ways. And so we, arose his, we not only arose his anger, but we are not able to learn his ways. And then how will it be? When we want to approach the throne of grace. How will it be when Jesus, who is the door to our rest, is waiting for us to enter rest, but we cannot because our ways are not right with him? How will it be for us when we have aroused God's wrath? And verse 11 says, So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And Jesus, is in his love, he has come. He is our gate pass to enter rest. By him dying on the cross and us giving our lives to him, he is wide open waiting for us to cross over. We can only approach him when our hearts are not hardened when we are keen to listen to his voice when he's calling out on us. This is a decision we all need to deliberately make with the help of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us as believers. It is not okay that we have been testing the Lord for so long. It is not okay that as a nation we have been testing the Lord for so long. It is not okay that we have not been keen to listen to the Lord. That we have hardened our hearts and our marriages are, are failing. Our nation, the morality in our land is failing. Sexual immorality, left, right and center and the casualty of it. And how even if you hear the music praising it and it has become so casual 
and we are caught up in it. And people are caught up in addictions, various forms of addiction. It is not okay, my dear brother and sister, that we call ourselves believers, yet we are not listening to the voice of the Lord. Our systems have failed. You have different circumstances that are pushing you. Lack of jobs and you're in a space where you think there is no God and you're almost giving up. We need him who is on the throne. Proverbs chapter 3 says this, He who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy. We need to pray for our hardened hearts. Pray that we will not only hear, but also do what the Lord is saying. How are you in your heart? How are you in your heart? Persuade. The second point that I want us to look at is persuade one another. And we see this from verse 12 and 13. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful and believing heart and turns away from, living, uh, from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. Daily as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by, uh, by sin's deceitfulness. The first point was more on an inward looking, self-searching. And when you have softened your heart and heed to the Lord's calling, one of the, um, one of the kind's most, most worst question was, where is your brother? And I wouldn't want you and me when we stand before the Lord and we feel we are right with the Lord, when we have worked on ourselves and we have softened our hearts and the Lord is asking us, where is your brother? And we still answer the same way that Cain answered, that I am not my brother's keeper. And this point gives us the responsibility, fellow brothers and sisters, that we have to be responsible of each other. It's true, our salvation is very personal. And yes, it's true that I will stand before judgment alone. But it is also true that the same God who will judge me has asked me to love my neighbor as I love myself. He even pushed it a little bit further and he asked me to love my enemies. This is easier said and done for many of us. The thing about loving your neighbor whom you are always partying together and you can all go and ask for a cup of tea and enjoy a meal together. The thing about that is that it's easy. But I want you to think about that neighbor who might not be living next to you but is constantly living inside your heart because probably things are not right between you and him or her today. And the Lord is asking you to watch out for that neighbor. Now the Bible is mandating us that see to it, see, it uh, see to it. What did you do when your neighbor was lacking behind? When your neighbor was tired when running the race? The first time you saw them fall and you didn't rebuke. You did not encourage them when they were weak. Sad to know and yet this is what, uh, what sin does, that it deceives us. That at the first point of fall, 
when we do not correct that person, in one way or another, we are encouraging them to continue in sin. There is a process to sinning that hardens your heart. It takes time also. And it is deceit, and it, deceitful nature brings a layer on top of another until your heart is eventually hardened. And I want to tell you that when you are going to be there for your brother and sister to correct them and to encourage them, it is not an easy process. Nobody promises you roses and says it is here. It can get thorny also and you can get pricked. Yet James, verse, uh, James chapter 5, 19 to 20 tells us, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from an error of their, of their way will save them, them from death and cover over a multitude of sin. We have a responsibility to be there for one another and to take care of one another. Yet I want to also call out on you or me when we are rebuked, when we are corrected, when we are being encouraged to allow our dear brothers and sisters to be able to reach out to you in your time of trouble, to open up your doors that they may minister to you, that we may encourage the one another. Most of the time we put up our defense mechanism when people want to give us help, we do not allow them to come in and reach out and our marriages are failing and our children are struggling. They have no one to talk to and when our nation is falling apart and yet we do not have the courage, uh, we do not allow the people to come in and support us. Today, the enemy is at work, my dear brothers and sisters. He is at work deceiving us. He is at work causing conflict in relationship and in marriages. He is at work in this nation causing us to hate one another. He is at work bringing down businesses. He is at work messing up here and there. And we have a responsibility today that we may call upon the Lord, that we may lighten up our hearts, that we may stand with one another. No matter how hard it may be, let us stand with each other through it all. How is your brother? This time I'm asking, I'm not asking you how are you, but how is your brother? How is your sister? How is your child? How is your wife? And how is your husband? How have they become better Christians since they are hanging around you? We have a responsibility, dear brothers and sisters, that we may take care of one another. That we may approach Jesus together as a nation, as a church, as a people who have been refined over the times. And as we also approach Christ, we, as we also live out our life, one of the things that Philippians acknowledge is that we cannot do it on our own. I can only do this through Christ who strengthened me. And Christ himself says that his grace is sufficient. And so verse 14 to 19 says, we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, we have come to share with Christ. And so we cannot do this on our own. We need to partner with Jesus in everything that we are doing. And so Hebrews reminds us that as we approach him, 
our partnership with him need to be firm to the very end. Not giving up faith even when it is hard. Not giving up faith even when it is difficult. Holding on to the very end. We need him. Why do we need Jesus? We need him to guide us all the way so that what we do so that we may put our trust in him. We need him because the enemy can take advantage of our weaknesses and our difficult situation as a people, as a nation, and even as individual, individuals, that he, may, he, may, he might mislead us and cause us to abandon the faith or even cause, convince us uh, to say that there is no God. Verse 15, why do we need God? We need Jesus uh, because his voice is still and clear. He is speaking to us today and he can soften our hearts. Verse 16, why do we need Jesus? We need him because we are not immune to sin, my dear brothers and sisters. We are not immune to lying. We are not in, immune to hate. We are not immune to gossip. We are not immune to the things that might bring us down. We need Jesus because we need him to help us not to rebel, rebel against him. We are not all, we are not all those Moses led, were not all those Moses led out of Egypt. They were the children of God. They were the chosen one, but they still rebelled against Jesus. Verse 17, why do we need Jesus? We need Jesus to quicken our hearts from repentance uh, to repentance. We need Jesus to save us from God's anger. Verse 18, why do we need Jesus? We need Jesus so that we may live in obedience. Children, we were talking to you this morning about obedience. But it is not only to the children, but even to us. We need Jesus that we may live in, in obedience. Verse 19, why do we need Jesus? We need Jesus to help us keep the faith to the end when we will be saved from this unrestful world, from this sinful world, when we will enter rest. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, as you partner in Jesus, as we as a church partner with Jesus, as a nation, as we partner with Jesus, may the Lord help us to remain anchored in him and connected to him. Let us pray. Our gracious God and loving Jesus, we desire to approach your throne that we may find grace and mercy to help us in time of need. But we pray today because we know the human heart in us gets hardened by sin and we rebelled against you. We do not hear your voice. And we want to come to you in repentance and ask for forgiveness. That Jehovah God, may you allow us to enter May you allow us to have a connection with Jesus who will soften our hearts and make us the people that we are today. Our God and our Father, we want to thank you that even as we look out on ourselves and ask you to search our hearts, you have mandated us that we may take care of our brothers and sisters. Would you allow us and give us the strength to encourage one another, to persuade one another, to continue holding on to each other as we run the race. That we will not run this race and the end we are alone, but together we may finish the race and finish well. 
But oh Lord, we acknowledge that we cannot do it on our own. We need you, Jesus, to save us as a nation. We need you, Jesus, to save us as, an, as a church. We need you, Jesus, to save our families. We need you, Jesus, to save our marriages. We need you, Jesus, to save our children. We need you, Jesus, to restore the land, this land, oh God, that we may be restored back to you. And so we come to you in repentance. And as I pray this prayer, there are those who are watching us today and they are saying, oh, that is for those who need Jesus, who are in Jesus. But I do not know who this Jesus is. And for these people, Lord, I want to pray for them. Them that have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That Father, let your Holy Spirit move this moment. And would you minister to those hearts this moment. That may they, they, they may come, Lord, and acknowledge that you alone is the sovereign God. We give you praise and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.